Thank you for listening to Carter the Accountant, an economic development podcast sharing authentic success stories and personal journeys that celebrate all that it means to live a life. The big dreams, love, loss, success, financial planning, lost potential, and beyond. And now, Carter the Accountant. Hello, everyone. It's Gary and Sam, and it's Carter the Accountant. We just wanted to uh, touch base today and uh, really sort of keep in touch, uh, as we always try to do. Uh, but before, I'm going to take just a different approach. Normally, we somewhat do the, the climate change uh, piece towards the end of the show. But I wanted to uh, start off the show this time around by just sharing uh, just an important thing that you can do, that everyone can do to uh, help fight help fight climate change and global warming. Uh, I mean, there are record heat, there's record heat in places like California and also in New Orleans, it's extremely hot. The weather has just been incredibly weird in, in New Orleans over the last two weeks. So uh, the one thing that everyone can do is uh, compost. And what composting is, it's basically taking uh, a mixture of, uh, it's a mixture of decomposing plant and food waste and using it to fertilize the soil. Uh, so that when you do grow things in the soil, the soil has those very rich uh, nutrients that come from, uh, that come from natural, uh, that, are, that come from very beneficial uh, organic materials, if you will. So. Uh, one thing that everyone can do is compost. Food waste makes up about 8% of uh, green gas emissions. And if we compost, we are doing something good with our, uh, with, our, with our food waste and with our plant waste. And everyone agrees that it's been incredibly hot. So Sam, you're in New Orleans. I just kind of want to hear, you know, why are you here so long? What, what, what's happening? What, what's going on? <laughs> That's a good question. It seems like I can't escape this time. Uh, well, I've been here since the 1st of July, which is more than an extended stay for me. Typically, I normally touch down for just two or three days and I'm out. But um, 4th of July weekend, just several political events that I was in town for. Um, and then I uh, through my mom, a 60th birthday party that turned out to be somewhat of a family reunion. That was excellent as well. And then following that, my, my stay was extended for more meetings. Uh, some, some local clients here, um, some political uh, meetings as well. But my stay here has been a little bit different from my other visits. I feel the city is growing in a in a good way. From okay. infrastructure, I see more developments, more completed developments. Uh, I find the local folks that live here. Um, uh, I feel that there's more professional jobs that I've been running into, uh, not just you know tourism or people working at you know the hotels and stuff, which is obviously the prominent thing here in New Orleans. But, you know, I've met some folks that are, you know, law, you know, working at law firms or dentist offices, uh, younger people really 
not wanting to leave the city. They feel like, you know, this is where they just really want to stay. So I feel like the demographics are evolving, uh, which is very impressive for me because uh, after Katrina and my generation, particularly uh, that left, I left pre-Katrina, but most people left post-Katrina or, you know, uh, they just hadn't really wanted to come back to the city. And I've talked to them. I've seen some of them down here for 4th of July weekend. Uh, and they're still not necessarily motivated to come back to the city. Mm. But it's great to see the next generation um, and those folks in their 20s, you know, early 20s, um, really not looking to leave. So why, that's, why I think that's great. And why do you think? Why, why do you think? And if I could give For me, I think that... I think that, well, it's a gig economy now. It's a different flow. When we graduated school in 2004, 2005, uh, it was still very much corporate America. It was like, where do you go to get a job, right? So when you went to Texas or California, wherever you went outside of Louisiana, the opportunities was just better mm -hmm. um, for many reasons that you know we really don't even have to go into but just just a sheer number of corporations in other places uh amongst many other things but it was never a motivating factor to come back to mm. to new orleans but younger people it's a gig economy they can work from anywhere uh they may live in new orleans but they work online you know what i mean so they really don't have a need and it's relatively inexpensive to stay here if you um choose to stay here, right? It's not like you can go to Atlanta um, and live a cheaper lifestyle. You know what I mean? So I do, even though the rents in the ones are, 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 uh, it's are up there. slow. Yeah, it's, it's been on up. It's, it's actually like it's, stabilizing. But, more but you know what it really is? It's the infrastructure though. The, I call it the ecosystem that you still have that family member, that uncle, that mom, that, you know, mm -hmm. those people that can support, that support system still there versus you go somewhere else. And you're paying maybe a little bit more without the support system when you can just doesn't make sense if you if your work is online. So, right. so yeah, it's, it's good to see, you know, I'm definitely interested in doing more investing in the city and, and growing our client base here as well. Yeah, there, there are definitely uh, some, some changes for sure. I, I think uh, that, the you know, we kind of in New Orleans always prefer life is pre-Katrina and I think this time around and with COVID we you know we had ex, you know extreme changes I mean unprecedented change and not just here but around the country and I think that the younger people and this is just the thought I think younger people are a bit it, it's a weird well let me not say that but it's a very interesting group because they do care more for their community it seems like uh, and they're taught to care. They're taught to care care more for their community than folks who I think are closer to to our age. So, uh, you know, them staying back sometimes I think it's an act of really giving back and and service for their community, and they truly want to and you know be pillars in their community. Uh, and I think that's why a lot of people uh, a lot of people are still here. Yep. How about how about the, the little young lady who won the uh, spelling bee? National spelling bee. Man, that you know, she is for sure a uh, you know one of a kind. I mean, she's one of a kind. Uh, I obviously, 
you know, she has a very strict, uh, she's a, a, a disciple of, of her education and a disciple of, uh, it looks like the game of basketball. You know, I'd like to really see what her, and that's a person that we should reach out to soon. Uh, I'd like to see what her inspiration is uh, because she's, she's a prodigy, you know, without a doubt, she's, she's definitely a prodigy. I saw a couple of HBCUs offered her a uh, full scholarship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Xavier promoted her, mm -hmm. but they didn't. I didn't hear anything about a scholarship. Yeah, so I would like to reach out to the folks at Xavier as well as uh, this young lady, so we can get her on. Yeah. on the show. makes makes yeah. a lot of sense. LSU did as well, uh, yeah. which was a you know which was a, obviously it's not an HBCU, but for the first time in history. It has a black president, which is a uh, you know it's something of it's very significant for LSU to have a black president. So yeah. So in terms of uh, also in terms of your stay here, uh, has it been you know what were your experiences? I mean, did you ex if you went out, uh, did you experience if it's still a restaurant, incredibly good service, or was were things compromised because of you know, short staff, et cetera. Uh, or if you were in the middle of a business transaction, like, you know, New Orleans is a different place. How, how, how were those things this time around? Um, I always tell people there's the rest of the world and then there's New Orleans. Uh, I think just culturally and historically, things are just done differently in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, for example, one of my meetings I sat in, um, and this, this uh, I'm not going to say male or female, <laughs> but this specific individual asked me, like, literally right after saying hello, it was, so tell me who your clients are. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him, I said, uh, I, I don't do that. Right. It was just shocked. They were like, really? You don't do that? Like, you don't tell, like, who your clients are? I said, no, I have a fiduciary responsibility. I said, I'm the accountant. Yeah. You know, to be my client, I always say you have to get naked. You know, yeah. I have to know everything about you. Uh, and it's uncomfortable for people to know that, oh, you know, my accountant, and, yeah. you know, because then you, then you start thinking, well, I wonder if my accountant told him something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's one thing I've always built uh, my, I stood on professionally. Yeah. Is I don't disclose who clients are. I may yeah. tell you it's in the industry um, and yada, 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 but who they are is, uh, will always be unknown, right? Right. And, uh, and you then, shouldn't. You shouldn't unless the client, you know, even in my business, which isn't, you know, accounting, but it's, you know, it's marketing and advertising, you know, I actually make it a point not to share who some of my clients are or who most of them are, unless it's a client that specifically wants to have some type of business to business exposure. But I just think that when you're really consulting a business, you're really getting into like the fiber of their business. And I think there's just, uh, you know, it's, it's never been my style. I mean, for some people, that's what they do, maybe because I do get a bit more uh, intimate with, with some of the clients and kind of get in the weeds, you know, but really more than I, I probably should. Yeah, I think it's a perceived benefit. You know, I always say, you know, character and competency goes a long way. Mm -hmm. uh, that's separate of acknowledging who a client is, right? Yeah. Like you can talk to me and you'll know, oh, he, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. We don't yeah. have to, we'll have to say who my clients are. You know what, in, in fact, what I, what I typically would say is, 
oh, we have similar clients in this industry yeah. uh, and their revenues are between this and that, right? right? So now you know we're running that company, then clearly we can run your company. So, right. uh, in addition to that, I found, uh, as far as just moving around the city, that is still quasi opening up. Mm. Uh, I hear the restaurants are still closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Uh, and the weekends are just, just seems a little bit weird. You know, it's like the city wakes up for events, mm -hmm. but then it goes to sleep thereafter. Yeah. I do think that that's something the city can work on. Uh, other places I've visited, uh, it's awake for the people and they welcome visitors. Right. It's not it's not like, you know, this place is legit like if it's not a yeah, yeah it's, it's tourist only, right? It's like it's yeah. not like a consistency, you know, it's all, it's that you all, can say, hey, here's this is we do this for the people and the tours are welcome. It, I would it, love to see that reverse at some point. That is interesting, but I do I do want to say this. It's always a lot of restaurants are closed either on Monday or Tuesday for that reason. Like their target customer is truly tourists, like the average New Orleanian who doesn't live in the quarters, they may not be going to a restaurant in the quarters. But to your point, I think that's a mark of us knowing that we are doing well. When we can make New Orleans not just a good place to visit, but we can make it make New Orleans a good place to, to live. Uh, and I think that's that's a very, very important point, you know, making New Orleans yeah, because a good think place about to live, for me. not just visit. Yeah, even for me coming, you know, to visit, right? Um, it makes me visit less mm -hmm. because I know that if the accommodation won't necessarily be there, yeah, around a non, you know, event or yeah. holiday philosophy. So right. that's something I would like to see the city work on. Um, that's uh, a very as, good point. That's a strong yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, as far as. Um, Crime, um, I haven't directly experienced anything. I couldn't say I felt, um, I didn't really feel like I wasn't safe in the city. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't see any craziness going on. Mm -hmm. um, that's not consistent with any other city, by the way. So I do think, you know, stuff is, stuff still happens, obviously. Yeah. But I do think, uh, I think the city overall is doing a good job. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. overall, you know, so. I agree. And 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 what about, uh, and I wanted to just circle back on this. We talked a couple of weeks ago, I guess last week, about unemployment and uh, the effect of uh, not, uh, the effect of unemployment on the workforce. Do you think that is really a factor or do you think that people just don't want to do what they did pre-pandemic, you know. Uh, what are your What are you reading about that? Any, you know, have you zoomed in on that topic? The unemployment, the lack of service in relation to the uh, the pandemic and unemployment checks. Um, I think you know there's so many variables to that because it's it's legit county by county, state by state, community by community. Mm -hmm. uh, and we've, what I've been reading and sort of understanding is that it, it really differs depending on the community. Um, I know that there's at least four states, probably more now that has 
um, locked off unemployment. It shut it down, basically, yeah. federal and state unemployment to force people to go back to work. Um, but to me, it's I always, you know, say unemployment is equivalent to welfare. Mm. You know, um, it perpetuates poverty is what I've been saying for years and years and years. So it's not surprising to me that if you give folks extra money, that a sense of complacentness will settle in. Uh, particularly in most of those cases, it was more money than they were making before. Uh, so that's, a, that's really, I like to focus on the root of this, right? So we talk about increasing, employment, I mean, uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour uh, across the nation. Uh, I am, I am definitely a fan of that. I do think it needs to be looked into a little deeper just to make sure that the small businesses can actually afford it uh, because there's other things that go along with that, benefits, payroll taxes and uh, state taxes, you know what I mean? So, and, and, but you know, the cost of living is definitely increasing right. globally. I feel like globally, right? So, um, but there's so many variables. I think that's the root, you know, the root is, um, perpetuating poverty is what I would say. The root is uh, knowing when to support and when not to. Like, you know, perpetuating this benefit, then it lends a hand to lack of jobs or people not wanting to go back to work, charge of staff. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I bet, I've been in Florida even, there was a one GM, restaurant GM, she was working 80 hours a week. Mm -hmm. He said because she just couldn't find staff, Good. you know. So, and that was two months ago. So you know? when when I just for the record, I throughout as you were talking, I kind of do this nod or this mm -hmm. uh, for the audience. That doesn't necessarily mean that I agree or disagree. It just means that I hear what's being said for the record forever and ever and ever i do want to put that out there it means just that i hear what's being said uh but i truly don't have a uh and i hear you and i, I think that you're you're right you know because you're you know an expert and in, in, in this but i also think that there are some social elements of of it as well you know like i think that people want to work Everybody would work 80 hours a week if they could make as much money as they, you know, they had a great wage and they, contr they controlled uh, more of their destiny. And they do it without a problem. I just think that's human nature. For the most part, people just aren't lazy. Everybody wants to uh, provide for their family and every father and every mother wants to, wants to be there, you know, for, for their child. I think that sometimes the, the jobs that are out there don't give you hope for a brighter future. And I think that's the conversation that needs to be had. Like, you know, are there just so many jobs out there that are just like, you know, they don't really lead to something else. And I think that's, you know, that the next, you know, for the next show, I really want to have someone on uh, that, that truly uh, can kind of weigh in on that topic like because i think that you know if people were going to work because nobody wants to be at home i'm being honest i know a lot of people who don't want to be at home period you know people who work great jobs bad jobs they get bored 
people want to get out of the house. And I know people who could work from home, but they made it, they, they opted to go and work in the office just because, you know, there are just various dynamics at home, you know, and I mean, it's just also getting fresh air and having a routine that's healthy, I think, overall. Uh, I recently had a young person tell me, I don't want to work a nine to five because, and that's, that's what, you know, they work now, mm-hmm. but I don't want to work nine to five because, you know, what good is it you have to request off? You know, and they're like, you know, yeah. just think about that. You have to request time off to like live life. You know, yeah. uh, I that's, thought that was interesting because that's I, a small part yeah. of a big problem that yeah. young people just don't uh, feel that they have to do. That's the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and honestly, the world is evolving with technology. I mean, most things have become automated anyway. Right. So if if not everything to this to this today, quite right. frankly, you know what I mean? Like even if it's you may not even know that something is automated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I don't even have to leave my house. Right. You know, I can order food, I can order every single thing. I can furnish my entire home. Right. With, including food and clothes without ever walking out the door. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. You know, because that was impossible a while ago. Yeah. You know, from from uh and it's becoming more and more of that. So employers are now the world would never be the same post uh COVID. Uh employers now have to rethink, you know, what is the tech in my business? Yeah. How can I make my business virtual? Even if so, even at our firm, we started uh Carter Company Cloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's our cloud team, and we just brought on uh, one person in Michigan, another person, I think, in South Carolina, North Carolina, somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're looking to expand our cloud-based team. Uh, and through the use of technology, they'll still communicate with the team every day, with the internal team, and yeah. then we have our cloud team. That uh, strategically gives us, gives us a presence in different states, mm-hmm. for number one. Uh, and forget about New Orleans, you know. Yeah. Uh, and our team here, and you know, we just... Um, got another office here, yeah. a different location rather, uh, on Lafayette Street. And we're excited about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. in, at, at the simultaneously, we're considering downsizing our Atlanta office. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what does that mean? You know, is everybody flying in now to have monthly meetings? Yeah. We're just zooming it out. Do we meet once a year? You know, so you really, and this is an investment too. Yeah. I have folks that I pay to do leadership culture training in our organization. And so companies are like, well, what does that cost? You know, some folks are in a lot of uh, organizations, and now I landed here, but a lot of organizations too are owned by semi retired leadership. Yeah. What does that mean? That simply means that they're not motivated to make that investment in something that they're per se not gonna be a part of. Mm. I only got another five year, even 10 year runway. Mm. That's just not enough runway for them to say, well, let's reinvest and redesign this this engine that's been working for the last 40 years. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I think we need to really study the law of place. And I think that if with COVID, it taught us that place mattered less than we ever thought. You know, certainly we need to have human connection and t- 
touch, feel, and all of that stuff. But you know, the law of place is something that you know I'm. I've been spending, you know, I've spent a little time reading about, uh, but with COVID, it became less relevant. So that's it for today, folks. We we wanted to touch base. You know, Sam is still here for I think another few days, and uh, yeah. So we wanted to just kind of talk about his experience here because, you know, I kind of sensed that there were some differences uh, pre-COVID uh, with, with his experiences in the past. And, you know, we just wanted to, you know, be in touch. So thank you very much for listening, everyone. And we will talk to you soon. All right. Signing up. Thank Bye -bye. you. We'll chat later. Thanks for listening to Carter the Accountant. We envision a world where essential and transformative powers will help people turn nothing into something. Follow us on Instagram at Carter the Accountant.